Hello, and welcome to the Teledyne Pulse, a podcast from Teledyne Health, where we discuss rural health, rural health challenges, technology, and innovation with your hosts, Andy Whitney and Shane Fleming. Welcome back to the Teledyne Pulse. I'm Andy Whitney, Director of Marketing and Analytics for Teledyne Health. And Shane Fleming with you, co-founder of Teledyme Health. Yeah, we're here uh, to talk about rural health strategy, innovation, technology, uh, just all kinds of things that uh, rural health leaders need to hear. Yeah, so so the the episode today, we're going to focus on on virtual strategy and why that's important for uh, for our rural health partners and rural health in general. Yeah, it's a competitive world out there and, and um, you know, Focusing on a, a successful vir- virtual strategy is something that I think every rural health leader needs to think about. It's definitely a challenge. It's evolved over the last 10 years for sure in terms of the really the ubiquitous access that, that patients have today and v- through various venues and means. It's uh, it's dramatically different than it was 10 years ago. Our, our primary business in terms of acute care telemedicine activities and, and outpatient telemedicine activities has morphed dramatically over time. To, it still includes that and is a major player in what we do today. But there's a lot of other competitive forces in the market today. Yeah, there sure are, whether it's you know, the payers getting into providing care, some of the big, uh, you know, the big guys out there, uh, everybody wants to get into healthcare. Well, they do. There, there's a lot of them. Uh, you know, virtual first is is a common uh, sort of a hot button these days. Uh, I've been in the weeds on that topic for for over three years now, and that that'll be an upcoming podcast too that we'll get into detail on on virtual first strategy. But certainly, uh, what we do know today is is the consumer has an inordinate amount of power, whether it's inordinate or not. Or that's certainly yeah, up for yeah, debate, yeah. of course. But but they have a lot of power over their own health care and where they go for that health care and how they access that health care, which is it's a different position today than it was, you know, really even before the pandemic. So it's, it's definitely, in my opinion anyway, a, a mandatory thing for rural health CEOs and boards to really evaluate what is their virtual strategy, both on the acute care and outpatient side of the equation as well as commercial side of the equation. In other words, how are you beyond what you historically think of when it comes to telemedicine? How, how are you preparing yourself to deal with engaging the consumer yeah. outside the confines yeah. of your organization? And how are you going to engage those self-insured organizations? It's a, it's a robust game plan that a lot of these players have, and it, it's here. It's not coming. It's here. It's here. And it, you know, COVID kind of blew up healthcare in general for everybody, but the rural markets, especially, you know, the, the old days of, you know, the primary care physician in town being your 24 seven on-call doc for everything, anything and everything, those days have kind of passed us by. Well, they have, and it depends, you know, on the market, there, there's different market segments. Uh, you know, virtual primary care is, is also talked about quite a bit. Virtual primary care in and of itself is not you know, a bona fide virtual first program, but nonetheless, it's thrown out there quite a bit. And there's definitely, there's, there's different market segments in terms of what people are targeting. So the Amazon, CVS, the Walgreens, the, the collective theirs is more in a retail strategy. And there's different 
uh, agendas and, and, mm-hmm. and all of those operations in terms of what their goals are. But it's a different market segment versus more of the payer side of the equation who's really in, in the risk-sharing uh, part of the equation and self-insured organizations and third parties and, and brokering various uh, methods to see patients that are, are well, I, I don't know that they're questionable necessarily, but the arrangements are, are concerning from, from my perspective. We'll share more on that in, our, in an upcoming podcast. Yeah, I learned a new term when we were talking about this podcast, the payviders. <laughs> the payviders, yeah. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, it the payviders. The pay generally, uh, people, sh- if they don't have issues with that, they should. But, mm-hmm. but certainly, it, in my opinion, it's concerning when, when payers uh, start to employ and deploy their own providers within their networks and systems is, is definitely concerning. Uh, beyond that, there's a lot of other moving parts of those virtual first strategies that that makes uh, the healthcare industry at risk for for increasingly difficult negotiations when it comes to the payers. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm trying to put myself in the seat of a hospital CEO in rural Nebraska. This is a hard conversation to get going in some cases. You've got to talk to the medical staff. You've got your board of directors. You've got to convince to get on board with this. You know, there's a lot of a lot of homework to do and, you know, a lot of conversations to be had. There is. There, there's you know, I agree with you 100%. It's it's a difficult. It, it's sort of like drinking from a fire hose. Right? It is. You, you, yeah. You, you you sort of turn the valve on. You're holy moly. I can't. I can't decipher all this stuff. And and where do you start? Where do you begin? And it's sort of like uh, you, you know, for the golfers out there. I don't know if I don't know if any anybody golfs out there, but I you know Andy, you're you're not much of a golfer. I am. Right? I am not a good golfer. Many mini golf is about the extent of my golf game. Well, you know, many mini golf. Uh, still has some water hazards. It does, uh, uh, no, no. and I wind up in them from time to <laughs> but time. But if you're standing on the tee and you have a this long par five and you got water down the right side and stuff on the left, and you're standing on the tee going, "Holy moly, I can't hit it in the water. Don't hit it in the water." Which psychologically, <laughs> by the way, is a bad position to be in, and and most are going to hit it in the water. And, and you know when you're when you're faced with these situations and and you're, you're as the CEO or, or working with the board or the chair of the board, and you're you're trying to decide what direction to go on these innovative care delivery models that you likely don't have a lot of experience in, you're, you're, you know, gosh, let's just not hit it in the water. Right. But you got to do something. You, you have to focus on where do you want to be and you have to have clarity in how you want to execute that shot or in this case, execute this program. So uh, gaining clarity around that's probably the biggest uh, challenge that I've seen over the last 10 years with, with systems where they, they kind of have a sense they need to have some sort of virtual strategy, but just don't know how to put it together. Or they start involving folks that maybe don't have a well-versed knowledge base on, on how to put it together, and then they get into developing silos uh, within the organization yeah. and between various disparate entities, and it becomes it becomes a challenge. For it sure. does. It does. And, you know, trying to figure out where to start, you've got, you know, acute care programs, you've got outpatient specialty programs, you've got programs to augment your primary care. There's just a lot to look at and, and trying to sort through all that can be kind of overwhelming. It is. And we, you know, we've done a lot of strategy planning sessions for rural hospitals around virtual strategy. And 90% of the time, you know, the, the conversations are very robust. And and I always recommend including physicians as part of that discussion, associate providers, board members, CEOs, admin suites, et cetera. And the, and the conversations are, 
they're enlightening and it really gives folks uh, a different angle on golly what what uh, what at least if anything else considerations of of what making sure everything's on the table in front of them to consider when it yeah. comes to virtual strategy. Yeah, it's definitely a, a rapidly changing world. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard some surprising uh, reactions to some of the virtual strategy sessions. There's those that get on board right away and maybe those that have to be kind of ushered along. Well, it's healthcare is that way. It's It's been that way for for hundreds of years, really, mm-hmm. you know, you go back to the days of where the primary care physician used to come into the emergency department to see their patients in the ED. Uh, that still happens in certain situations in small communities, but none, there's a call schedule though, so it's not always the same doc. And when we switched out uh, an ED group that was the primary care physicians coming in for a bona fide emergency department group. Boy, there was a lot of resistance to that. It just wasn't going to happen. It was bad care. I couldn't see my patients, and it was it was a lot of challenges around that. And then the evolution of the hospitalist came along, and how how it's not even conceivable that that I, doc, you know, Andy Whitney's doctor couldn't <laughs> see Andy Whitney in the hospital. Well, mm-hmm. the fact is, it just isn't practical. It wasn't practical particularly with the evolution of the EMRs and the, and the time constraints on the providers. So along with the aging population, of course, but there was a lot of resistance to turn those patients over to hospitals. Oh, yeah. And, and so now it, it, you come into today and, and you have this integration of virtual care and, and boy, that's a problem. You can't have, this sounds like Star Trek. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're a Star Trek guy too. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yep. nothing about Star Trek, but I was told this is kind of like Star Trek. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we're beaming, we're beaming docs all over the place. Yeah, we're, so we're beaming. Yeah, for sure. But but at the end, at the end of the day, a lot of them had a lot of problems and concerns with that. They did, they didn't want that to happen. Uh, the the boards were concerned about it, and so collectively there was a lot of hesitation with these forts, particularly as you look at the early adopters 10, 15 years ago in this space, on the, at least on the acute care side of the equation, it, it was a slow uptake on the early adopters and innovators, uh, but it's evolved significantly. So to, then fast forward to today, and now there's things evolving like virtual primary care, and you're hearing very similar conversations. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, Shane! That's you can't do virtual primary care. You got to lay hands on the patient. You have to do this, and and you you know I can't diagnose high cholesterol on a on a video screen. And so, well, you know we take care of patients that we've just put on a ventilator on several hemodynamic pressing medications to keep blood pressure elevated, invasive monitoring, watching, and and listening to heart sounds, lung sounds, bowel sounds. I'm I'm pretty sure you could diagnose high cholesterol over the over a video chat with uh, with some lab work. So uh, the, the bottom line is the, the the difference though between primary care and bricks and mortar primary care and emergency departments is the ED's local. If you need to access the ED, you generally had to go local. Right. Unless you're out migrating, you know, to a different facility, of course. But virtual primary care is different because it's coming in from multiple angles, multiple areas, multiple players. In many cases, you don't even know about them. And it's it's available. Yeah, and, it's it's and a it's a real it's it's dramatically different on that front compared to the evolution of healthcare. Patients literally have hundreds of choices. Oh yeah, hundreds at at, at very low cost. And and you know, and I know we're, we're we'll be doing a virtual first discussion here in, in in a few weeks. But the 
really the way to look at it is, you know, where, where this care model is going is it has to be the, the right care at the right time with the right resources mm-hmm. at the right venue and collectively for the best value. And, yeah. and, and, that, and that's what is a general nugget, if you will, that, that's, how you, that's how we have to think about uh, our, our side of the equation in terms of engagement as a healthcare organization. How are we going to provide that? Uh, because in my opinion, if the thought is we're just going to virtualize our legacy primary care model and we're going to have a virtual primary care legacy model, it's just not going to work. It's not. It's not. And, you know, you look at the generations coming up, convenience is king. Um, you know, I, my daughter does, you know, DoorDash and Instacart and all these, you know, virtual things all the time because it's convenient. I don't even think about those things. Yeah. Well, Kate, I was in my front yard just a couple days ago. My daughter texted me from the living room. (laughs) Can't you walk outside? (laughs) No, it's, it's a different world. And, and, you know, um, Convenience is going to rule, yeah. and you know, price is certainly a factor for some of these options too. But honestly, it's the convenience factor. No, absolutely, and I think it's uh, it, it, getting back to what we originally uh, brought up uh, early in the podcast is really about clarity. It's developing clarity around what you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. and and usually that starts with just a conversation with some folks that that are in the know on some of these strategies and programs and, and understand kind of what the goals are of various types of programs and, and ultimately build a plan around that and in a, in a non-silo fashion that ultimately makes sense for, for that hospital, that community, those providers, and, and ultimately what provides the best value. Yeah. Position. And, and to your point, what works in community A isn't necessarily going to work in community B. It won't. And, you know, God, we've dealt with that for, for 10 years in terms of mm-hmm. every hospital is definitely different for sure. And I think the other piece of that, though, is if you think over the years, people have really st- stuck to their guns in terms of confidence in being the local provider, the local resource. Yeah. And too often I see whether it's CEOs or board members pounding their fist on the table saying, well, we're local, they're going to use us. And, and I, I hate to tell you, but, but uh, it used to be that your resource, if you didn't like provider X or hospital X, you had to drive right. miles, in yep. some cases hundreds of miles, to get a different provider. But today you can have one on your phone, on your couch within – Five minutes exactly. And, exactly. And so it's uh, it's a different ball game. It really sure. is a different ball game, and the the choices um, and the convenience are are driving are driving that. And you know, I look at generations, like I said, generations coming up, they're going to change the way healthcare is delivered because they're going to demand it. Yeah, for sure. Well, excited about the the virtual first podcast which will get uh, heavily involved or into the weeds on on those strategies and but in terms of the virtual strategy as a whole is is really just trying to develop some clarity around what you're trying to accomplish and then you know set a plan together and then execute that plan yeah um versus a sort of a an old mindset of well we're just going to go buy a cart or some sort of device and then we're going to 
we're going to roll that out. Yeah. Yep. We saw a lot of that early on 10 years ago when we were starting to roll out service. Oh, we've, we've got a cart, you know, and the cart had dust on it. Yes, for sure. Well, it, it really gets down to part of that virtual strategy is, is building a return on investment around that option. And, it, you know, you've been around me long enough to know our, our motto has always been we don't want to be a, bo- a financial boat anchor exactly. to our rural institutions. And so, you know, they're not going to pay us if they're not getting any value out of the program. If they're not taking care of more patients, if they're not seeing patients, they're, they're not going to get the value. And, and it why would you? Why would you pay yeah. pay for something that's not being used, particularly in today's uh, economic environment? So, yeah. uh, it, it's just helpful to to sit down and talk through those those strategy conversations and developing some clarity around that. Yeah, yeah, especially the ROI component. Um, you know, that's a really that's a great conversation to have with folks. Yes, and that that's also going to be an upcoming. Uh, podcast in terms of determining return on investment for your virtual care strategies, which I think will be a, that's another fun, fun topic. That's uh, oftentimes a debate. It is oftentimes a debate, but I think, you know, we've, we've got some folks out there that have seen some really great results. Um, excited to maybe get some of those on the podcast too. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Thanks for spending time with us today. If there are topics you'd like us to discuss on an upcoming podcast, drop us a line at pulse at teledymehealth.com. We'd love to hear from you. To learn more about Teledyme Health, visit our website at teledymehealth.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to share it with friends. Join us again next time.